Here we are, it's Thanksgiving week, we took a break from the Gospel of Mark, and we're going through this series, The Prelude to Gratitude. The Prelude to Gratitude. And one of the things that we have arrived at is that God will use need, that thing that we look at God and we say, fix it, fix it, fix it, and he says, no, lean into it, lean into it, lean into it, because that's where he's at, right? And so we've been talking about the la- that the last couple of weeks, and today uh, we've, we've been looking at this passage in Luke. And, and many of you know this story. Jesus comes across 10 lepers who they've been separated from society. They've been separated from even what they were intended to be. They've been separated from their Savior. And he comes across them and they cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And we read that he tells them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And they were healed. Well, today, I wanna, there, there's a part two to this story. We actually get to see what happened a little bit down the road, and I guess the best way to introduce that is to ask you, uh, coming back to our context for a minute, I'm going to ask you to finish this phrase for me. Ready? You can just say it out loud. Don't spoil your dinner. Okay, you get it. Good. I'm relieved because here's what I did. I went to my family and I said, Kara, finish this phrase because I'm just trying to gauge like how's this going to go. Don't spoil yours. She said dinner. So then I went to Lainey, our teenager. I said, Lainey, finish this phrase. Don't spoil your, she said, dinner. So I went to True, our middle schooler. True, finish this phrase. Don't spoil your, she said, dinner. I got to Lincoln, okay? Lincoln's our third grader. Okay, let me just tell you, I feel like we've done a decent job of parenting because the oldest two got it. I go, Lincoln, finish this phrase. Don't spoil your, and he's like, presents. And I was like, no. Let's try it again. Don't spoil your eggs. No, it's not eggs. Let's try again. Don't spoil your Legos. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. You're the youngest. This is what happens with the youngest, right? They just, they just see how the older two went, and they're like, I'm going to go a different route, okay? That, that's what, the, what Lincoln's third grade boy brain is doing right now. So, yeah, you get it. Don't spoil your dinner. I, as we... As we talk through this passage this morning, uh, I believe that what's true of food for us is especially true of our faith, right? We all understand that this coming Thursday, you, you, we've got a main course, don't we? Yeah, we've got a main course, and to engage in um, eating some of the appetizers or too much of them could actually spoil the main course, right? A number of things could spoil that main course. For some of you, it's relatives that are coming into town, and you don't need to be pointing at them right now, okay? For some of you, it's the Detroit Lions are playing on Thanksgiving, right? For me, we've got these rolls, these buttered rolls, that if they are out, I'm, I'm done for in terms of the rest of the meal, because they're just that good. And so they're, they're Oreo rolls, just in case you're wondering. No. Um, but we all have some side items, that could get in the way of the main course. We understand that with food. We especially understand that with Thanksgiving. That's true of our faith as well. There are some side items and some side attitudes that could actually spoil our course in following Jesus in the journey that we take. So that's what I want to dive into this morning because they're so subtle and they're so nuanced that sometimes we may, we may not see them very clearly. So let's dive into Jesus has, Jesus has heard these 10 lepers. They've cried out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And as they went, they were cleansed as they went to show themselves to the priests. But then something happens across all 10. And for a majority of them, it was some side attitudes. 
that got in the way of what one did. Now let's start with the one. Here's what one of them did. This is in Luke chapter 17, verse 15 and 16. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And then Luke gives this little detail. And he was a Samaritan. Now, we talked about this last week, a Samaritan. I mean, they, had, they, they weren't God's kind of people. At least that's what Jews thought. I mean, there's no way that he, he would be paying attention or any mind to them. But one came back, and it was a Samaritan. Now, if we could pause there, let me just tell you the idea. Looking backward is the Christian's best way forward. Looking backward is the Christian's best way forward. And that is not how our world operates. The world says make plans, make decisions, get ahead of the game, run ahead. Not so with Jesus. The Christian's best way forward is to look backward, which means that gratitude, gratitude is most evident. Pay attention to, look at that verse again. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, but that came on the heels of what? Praise. See, gratitude is most evident when we can give praise for what we once prayed for, right? I mean, this, is, this was so convicting to me because I get this so, this ratio, I get so out of balance, right? I have a lot of prayers, a lot of asking for, please give, please fix, please figure out, and very little praise coming back and praising. And yet as I read these two verses, I go, that's gratitude, right there. That's gratitude as God intended it. Now, that's hard, isn't it? Because you spend all this time, all this time asking, asking, asking. When we finally get there, you know what we do? We'd like to think we're like the one that would just come back, but you know what we often do? More. Maybe this could get even better. You fixed it. Now let's, you got me back to zero, Lord. Now let's build on it. Let's go up. And I suspect that's what was going on with the rest of the lepers. Look at verse 17 and 18. Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed? I mean, Jesus is going, I remember very clearly, there were 10 of you. And one has come back. We're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? See, we would love to think of ourselves is the one that would come back. Oh yeah, if I was in their shoes, that's what I would do. I, I would absolutely. And yet, as I think about just the way we operate, I mean, even think about, think, think about how Thanksgiving is set up, right? We got one day out of 365 that we actually set aside and designate for Thanksgiving, right? We got one month out of 12 that we maybe think of as the month of being thankful, don't we? One out of ten lepers comes back. You know what that tells me? Is that the majority of us, and I would say all of us, we're just as vulnerable and we're just as susceptible to what the nine lepers were susceptible to when they didn't come back. Now, we don't know their reasons, but here's what Jesus picked up on. Jesus picked up on they didn't come back to be with Jesus. They looked elsewhere, but they didn't come back to revisit Jesus. And so they were off doing something. It might have been noble things. It might have been things that looked really, really good. But here's the issue. It was without 
Jesus. There's a man named G.K. Chesterton who said this. He said, the critical thing in life for the Christian and for anybody for that matter is that you take, is not that we take things for granted, but we take things with gratitude. And so as I imagine, I imagine there was probably a conversation. You know, these 10 lepers who were in it together, they all had the same condition. They all understood one another. They, were, they, all, they all probably had these conversations about what it was like for themselves. They're all healed and they're going down the road. I imagine there was a conversation where the one said, guys, I got to go back. I got to go back. And yet nine of them, nine lepers, I have to wonder What were their reasons for not going back? In fact, there were nine lepers, and I realized there could be hundreds of reasons, but nine reasons came to mind. Nine possibilities, nine attitudes of the heart that honestly kind of act like that side item we talked about earlier. Nine side items that could really spoil the main thing, the main course for us. So I want to walk through those. If you grab sermon notes on the way in, you've got a little outline there that you can fill in. Uh, If you've got your phone, I will not judge. I will assume that you're actually paying attention and not texting. Uh, I tried to get my daughter on that one Sunday, and then she showed me her notes. And I was like, well done. All right. So, but nine attitudes that whether it was a couple thousand years ago or it's us today, nine attitudes that can spoil gratitude for us. Number one. What about me? What about me? Is that just me that has that one? No, we all have that one, right? And this is, just, this is just that natural thing where we can get so focused on ourselves that we just can't see the abundance of gifts around us, right? Remember Luke chapter 24? It's resurrection day. You got two disciples are walking the road to Emmaus. And what do we read about them? They were just so disappointed. They were so sad. In fact, the phrase they used was, we had hoped. We had hoped differently. We had hoped that this Savior was going to save in a totally different way than how things have turned out. He's been put to death. And what they don't realize, and they would find out because of God's faithfulness later, is who was right there in their midst, who was walking with them. Jesus was. But we can get so caught up in our own disappointments, our own dreams, our own excitement, our own situations, our own drama, our own burdens, you name it, that we can forget the abundant provision of his presence right in front of us. Attitude number two, just a little more. It's coming on Thursday, just so you know, just a little more, right? We're all going to do it, just a little more. This is that appetite for more. This is, this is really the oversight of the thing that, that comes right between gratitude and going forward. Between, let me, let me say it this way, between Thanksgiving and Black Friday. Right? Something, you feel the shift, don't you? It's not indigestion, okay? I know you think it is. But there is something that shifts for every single one of us between Thanksgiving and Black Friday. This is the thing that we overlook when we've been blessed, and then going and being a blessing. You know what it is? Contentment. And we'll be there next week. In fact, you're going to hear from David next week. We'll get to that next week. But contentment. Contentment is the thing that that heart attitude of just a little more completely overlooks. Attitude number three. I've done too much. I mean, can you imagine 
Just put yourself in the sandals, one of the lepers. You've been healed and you've been cleansed. Can you imagine going, but I've done too much. This sickness born of, you know, they, they, they associated it with sin. This sickness is too much. Right? I mean, it would be like having a debt, paying it off, and then going back to the one that you owed and paid off and saying, let me just keep paying. Right? No, none of us would do that, and yet we still do it. Soren Kierkegaard, I love this quote. You know what he says? He says, to sit and brood and stare at our sin is itself a further sin because it overlooks what Jesus has done at the cross. It's standing in front of the cross with Jesus nailed to it and saying it's not enough because I've done too much. It's subtle, but it comes up. Number four, perhaps one of the lepers or perhaps somebody in here, perhaps all of us at one point have said, I don't need much. See, nobody likes to look needy, do we? This, this is Peter, the final night of Jesus' life. Remember, he's going around the table. Jesus is going around the table. He's washing the feet of the disciples. And what does Peter say? Oh, you don't need to wash my feet, Jesus. No, you don't, I don't need it. I don't need it. And, and when we read it in Scripture, it's kind of almost like, oh, it, it opens our eyes. And yet we do this, right? Because we like to be think of it as provider and helper and giver and leader. Nobody likes to look needy. And yet it can overlook and it can spoil gratitude for us when we can't learn that, that we all have need in our lives. It's not just limited to I statements. It's also others. Number five, the attitude of heart that says, look what they did. Look what they did. Again, no, point, no pointing right now, but it's so easy for us to look at what somebody else did, right? And what it does is it really measures and weighs human offense so greatly that we can't get to gratitude. I'm just stewing and I'm simmering and I can't believe that that person, meanwhile, they're not thinking about it anymore, right? And so they indirectly control our lives because we get so focused on, on the burdens and the offenses of others. Number six, another they statement. Look what they have. Look what they have, right? I mean, it, it, nowhere is this more prevalent than in America, right? We look left and right, and we measure how we're doing based on what the people left and right of us have. You want to know why I love that, w- that we're still involved with Juarez? Because it never fails. Every single year, every single person who comes home, you know, what, you know what's not on their tongue and on their mind? is material possessions. Because it is just eye-opening. It is eye-opening just how much materially we have. I was listening to somebody talk about the dynamics of the underground church in China. You know, in, in, in American church, we've got all these preferences, right? You know, I want it to look like this. I need my bagel made, made right and the coffee better taste good and the music and the Bible study and, and the people better be pleasant and all, all these things stir around. You know, as, as, as I was listening to this person talk about the dynamics of the underground church, some of them are putting pages of the Bible in their footwear 
pages, just a page or two at a time, to come into a gathering so that they can all collectively pull their pages out and read it together. They're happy to not be found out. Their singing isn't a a loud, explosive band. It's nothing like that. See, see, it's perspective-giving. When we can get outside of look what they have, right? But it's this attitude that, that our heart will grab onto. It'll spoil gratitude every time. 27 more. Don't worry. No, we got three more. It's not just I. It's not just they. But there's it. There's some it attitudes. It's not enough. Now, this is a little different than, than just a little more. It's not enough really takes what God has provided and, provided and just measures it and holds it a little too lightly. You know, it, it doesn't see the beauty in the small overlooked things that we get every single day that we wake up to. Every single day. It's not enough. We can learn to rejoice in the small and quiet. I was sitting with a friend who was talking about, uh, we as a group went on this hike. And it was interesting because they said, you know, go on this hike and just see what you notice. And so I go on this hike and I'm like, I'm looking up, I'm looking up at the sky, right? I see the clouds and that's cool. But then like these, these fighter jets go screaming across the sky. So I come back from the hike and I'm like, oh, fighter jets. That's where it was at. What an incredible hike. This other friend who was on this hike comes back and they were like, check this out. They open their hand and they've got all these leaves. They said, nine different shades of green, you guys. And I was like, we were not on the same hike, were we? <laughs> right? It's so, it's so easy for us to look at, look at the huge stuff and overlook the very small things. Number eight, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. You ever thrown your arms up, thrown your hands up in the air and said, it's not going to happen. The thing I've been praying for, the thing I've been asking for, the thing I've been looking for, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's that human impatience. Here's why. You and I, you know what we do? We measure and we hope and we anticipate and we dream in seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, years. Guess what God does? He does it all in lifetimes and beyond time. So you can begin to see that prayer, absolutely a spiritual discipline we need. But prayer is really something that's a, it's a, it's a heavenly activity, but it's a very right now on earth activity. Do you want to know what the activity of eternity is? It's praise. It's praise, and it is spelled out all over Scripture. See, what God is doing is he's preparing us. I, I know we think he's got to, like, make my dream happen. But you want to know what God really wants to make happen? He wants to carry on to completion the work in Christ that he began in us. He wants to prepare us for the much, 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 much longer segment of time called eternity. Finally, one more heart attitude that we're all susceptible to. It's not what I pictured. It's not what I pictured. Okay, so it was a blessing, but it wasn't really what I was asking for, God. You know, I, I, I was praying to win the lottery, and you gave me a job. Right? I, I was praying for smooth relationships and smooth circumstances, and you formed me in trials. 
I was praying to be an NBA center and you made me a pastor. Like, that was hypothetical. I don't know where that came from, but it just, it's what we do. Right? Nine lepers, nine attitudes. And I bet we could, we could go around the room and probably come up with hundreds of them. But here's what I'd say. You notice the main objects of each of those attitudes? I, they, it. But not him. See, these are attitudes that they've got this very, like, outward and forward posture. Outward-facing, forward-facing posture, but not backward. And the other truth we've got to know as Christians is that if we can't look backward at what he's done, then it does not matter going forward anything we do. Because that's how it works. It's just how it works. I remember when, we, when my wife and I got engaged... Um, some of the youth group guys here at the church decided to throw me a bachelor party, and I came away from this bachelor party with six George Foreman grills. Six. Yeah, funny joke. I know, I know. And, and so I'm sitting here. I'm thinking forward. I'm like, gosh, I could, sell, I could sell five of these on eBay, right? I wonder what I could get for these. And Kara's like, did you write thank you cards for those? And I did that thing that we all do. Well, I, I don't need to. I mean, there's six of them, Right? And it was a joke, and, and they just intended it to be a joke. And there's so many of them. See, if we can't look backward at what he's done and how he's blessed us, then it really doesn't matter what we do going forward. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm jumping over here. Here's why I bring this up this morning. Here's where we've been coming to the last few weeks. Because I think the gold is in the next verse, what happened. You know, yeah, gratitude's great, Nathan. Yeah, it's November. Yes, we're talking about it. Here's why I wanted us to get here. Here's what nudged my heart as I was praying about November and what does November look like at West Bowles because of this verse. Verse 19. He said to the one who came back, then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Did you know you could be healed and not be well? Yeah, that sounds kind of counterintuitive. Did you know you could be healed? Your life could be touched by Christ, and yet you could not be well. You know how I know that? There are a lot of joyless Christians walking around. Jesus affected your life. You can point back to the moment. You can point back to the beginnings. And yet these hard attitudes, they creep in. They creep in. Over and over and over. This is why it's a relationship. It's constant, unending dependence on him. Because we're all vulnerable and we're all susceptible to these things. And so, as we've been discovering the last few weeks, God uses need in our lives. As we said a few weeks ago, he uses our need to open our mouths and ask for mercy. He uses our need to reorient our eyes and see his activity. And, And then this morning, he uses our need to bring us back And if you look at this verse, you know what it means? He brings us back for our own good. See, he gives gratitude and praise for our benefit, not his. He's God. He's doing okay. Right? But he says, but when you express gratitude and you praise, you are engaging in the activity of eternity that you're going to be participating in. Think of this as getting ready for it and practicing it right now. Nine went forward from Jesus. 
One came back to Jesus. And as a result, went forward with Jesus. You see the nuance there? We can go forward without him. Or we can go back to him and then move forward with him. Now, what do we do with this? You know, this is hard because you know what we do? We look forward. We go, okay, what should I do next? And this morning, it's not a forward-looking exercise. In fact, I'd love for all of us as a congregation for a couple minutes. For a couple minutes, I want us to engage in a very backward-looking exercise. And it's, it's this. Instead of giving Jesus your to-do list, I want you to go over his already-done list. Could we do that together? I've actually, we've asked Graham to play for a few minutes. If you got a pen, you got a phone, start making a list. Because as that list forms, you know what you begin to see? His mercy, his mercy, his mercy. We'll come back in just a few minutes here.
Usually I've got uh, closing words or a closing story or a closing application, but uh, I'd imagine that what you just wrote down, what just flashed through your mind, what you just put into your phone, that'll speak for itself. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you is the prayer. Lord, thank you that you're a God who you knew our need for mercy before we even encountered it, before we even saw it. And so, Lord, as we've talked these last few weeks, Lord, let us be backward-looking people in order to move forward. And that backward, let it not be any of the stuff that can, that can really spoil our gratitude, those attitudes of the heart, but let it be your faithfulness just all over the place. Let us look back at that magnificent thing Graham pointed us to earlier, the gospel, at what you did on the cross on our behalf, and then that you rose from the dead, that you sent the Spirit, that we would live lives that ultimately, as this passage got us to, aren't just praying and asking, but praising and thanking. Because that's, that's the activity of eternity. And so, Lord, bring us into your praise as we reflect, as we build on these lists, as we look at what we've already written. Lord, bring us into praise that we'd see your presence and go forward with that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.